I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Grazie ragazzi, grazie. Okay, we need to swap positions. Max, just do it. Okay, Max, you need to let him go now. Swap, please. All right, and coming back from the Singapore Grand Prix. Um, pretty good one, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was um, interesting, a lot of development, and good to see Mercedes have a bit of a, a nothing weekend and unsure about what they're going to do about it, so it's good. Well, yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously the, the big news out of the weekend is that uh, Pastor Maldonado uh, got his contract Yeah, uh, at midnight. Midnight, yeah. Nice little sneaky release by Lotus. On a team that had 10 days to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they had 10 days to try and find anyone but Pastor Maldonado to get money from. Yeah, and uh, look, let, let's be honest. He is not an F1 driver. He, no. Not in the current situation he's in. Uh, yeah. He probably has the talent, but that is not why he was signed. Yeah, he, I think you've got to have that, that natural talent, but you've got to be smart enough to know how to apply it. Yeah. And not making good decisions. I think um, Jensen came out and said that um, he hasn't changed and he's not going to change. And that was just before well, he resigned, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Maldonado in F1. Solely yeah. because, one, it's great to watch. And two, it means that if I ever come across a billionaire willing to give me money, <laughs> I'm in. Yep. I'd, I'll be like, how much is Pasta giving Lotus? Uh, 10.8 million? Fine, here's 20. Like 20. Uh, I want to drive. And, you know, I'd reckon they'd be like, can you? Right. <laughs> He's 10 for spare parts. Maybe. So, yes, I've played... I've driven Spire many times on Gran Turismo. Yeah, I, I can PlayStation really? the motherfucker out. Actually, can you change the uh, the steering wheel to a PlayStation controller? That'd be fucking gold. <laughs> and we'd probably get some money from Sony as well. And they're like, oh, that's great fucking idea. Let's do that. Yeah, imagine they never steering wheels... Because everything's drive-by wire now, so it's not direct linkage, is it? Pretty sure there is some linkage, but generally it is, yeah, drive-by wire. Imagine just being able to plug in your PlayStation controller, fang around. I think there is some level of linkage just because they... The drivers want the feedback. No, oh, yeah, that'll make sense. So, yeah, I think the Singapore race throws up a bit of a mixture being in a night race. Sort of, it's in the Asian area, but it's not within sort of our leg. We have Australia and mm. Um, mm. Malaysia and that. So, it's interesting to see them come back here and put on a night race. I think the, the cars look excellent at night. Oh, they look spectacular. And, you know, with all everything all lit up and that Sparks. weird... The weird boat on top of the skyscraper thing yeah. that they've got there. It's one of the most attractive races of the calendar. And it also takes the uh, engine out of the equation a lot because yeah. of the sequential corners. There's no real long, one kilometre long straight yeah, yeah. where you can just wind it up. Uh, the downside is you do get less overtaking. Yeah. But you get a lot more daring overtakes. Um, some a little too daring. Yeah. And some <laughs> that weren't really supposed to be overtakes and end up with cars and walls. Yeah, and that's the nature of the track, isn't it? You always end up getting a safety car, and it's always one that it scrapes in oh, in the two-hour limit. There was always like, going to be a safety car. Like, every Grand Prix, there's a fucking safety car at Singapore, um, which can be interesting, but in this case, came they both came around the time of the uh, pit stop, so, yeah. yeah. 
But um, oh, we'll go through that um, at the start. Everyone got away pretty cleanly, except for Kavir and um, Raikkonen. Oh, yeah, he, he um, sat solid. Yeah, he got pushed back to the to the pits, had, had to start from there with a lap down. Mm, yeah, which, um, you know, to finish where he did, which was a eighth, eighth spectacular yeah. recovery. But um, I remember seeing Kavir and Raikkonen into the first S. Yep. And uh, Kavir had the position. Yeah. But he tried to sort of bully Raikkonen off, and Raikkonen yeah. was like, oh, I don't care if we both crash, man. Yeah. But the, the, the good thing with Kavir was that he was sensible enough to take evasive action at the end when he realised it wasn't going to work and you just can't stick it there on the first corner. Unlike someone like a Maldonado who's going to be like, no, nah, I've got this. Yeah, yeah. Raikkonen was, you know, it's the first corner. You've got to hold your position on the road. Um, yeah. Especially at Singapore where it sets up the whole race. So you cannot fault Raikkonen for getting a little bumpy about it. Yeah. But um, it was good to see Kavir tried it and then backed off when he realises that, no, this is going to be dumb. Yeah, he didn't make himself just another uh, stat for us to complain about. <laughs> no. That shit young drivers. He's actually um, showing lots of improvement. Still complains it'll be on the radio, but what can you expect? Well, All drivers do. He's, he's in a car that isn't what it should be. And yeah. the results from uh, Singapore show that. Yeah. But, uh, this is a, a track that rewards a good package, good aero, good suspension. Yep. Uh, the engine gets taken out of it a bit. And, you know, without uh, the engine, yeah, the Mercedes engine being what it is, you'd have to say that Ferrari and um, Red Bull probably have the better chassis. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And Based I, on what we've seen here. Yeah, and there were questions about how much of Red Bull uh, development problems were with the chassis and how much was engine. And I mean, I think uh, I think they're right in their criticisms with Renault. It's just how you go about it that's not quite right. But yeah. Well, I think people saying that Renault never got any credit is kind of a bit bullshit in Formula 1 because... Mm-hmm. First thing, they, they, they're Infinity Red Bull. So Renault have, have put Infinity as one of their subsidiaries. And that was their forward. choice. Yeah, yeah. And when they won the championships... dumb fucking choice. Exactly. And they're like, we didn't win, you know, we get no recognition. And like, Infinity brought out a Vettel car. A McGain or something. Yeah. And Renault didn't do anything. And the thing is... No, one, Renault had the McGain that was the Vettel edition. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I never, um, never even saw them again. I saw the Infinity um, Battle Edition. Five, I want to Some say. bullshit. Never Maybe. seen one on the road. Never seen one in a, in a shop. No, and but that's their idiocy. Yeah. Um, look, if you're in charge of Renault Marketing, and I, I'm sure uh, Gosen is listening to this, yeah. um, figure out who your customers are. Mm-hmm. Like if, if Renault, your customers are fucking mums and kids who want to buy 15-year-old Renault hot hatches. Yeah. So... Your new car market just isn't there for performance vehicles. Yeah. Um, I mean, when was the last time you saw a hot Renault? Um, I'm still yeah, waiting. Still... I've seen concepts, but that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so under that umbrella, you've got Nissan, which would be a brilliant fucking option, yep. rather than Infinity, which is yeah. their Nissan's version of Lexus. Yeah, yeah. When have we ever seen an Infinity and gone, damn, that's a fucking hot car? Yeah, exactly. Like, they're nice cars, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there's nothing that just makes you want to make it go sideways. And the thing is, you're sponsoring a team that's full of designers and excellent mm. designers that build fucking awesome looking cars. Why don't you say, hey, let's just build a car, you draw it up for us because, hey, we shit at it, yeah. and then you make it together and then that's how you get the maximize your, your sponsorship investment. But I think in Formula 1 more than me- most other sports, nobody's really going to pat you on the back for you. And you have to pat yourself on the back if you do a good yep. job. Yep. And Renault, like Red Bull win, all right, they go, yeah, we did great, you know, thanks to Renault and that's it. 
It's up to Renault to throw their own song and dance about well, how good they did. They did. They had Mez on the podium quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. And they were always in the media because yeah. um, when you get the reaction uh, interviews and everything, they always interviewed the engineer from Renault. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the engineer from Renault was off saying in the last couple of years, oh, we're sorry for the engine braking. Yeah. Um, and when that happens, you can't say, we're not getting credit. You fucking broke the engine, dipshits. Yeah, yeah exactly. So look, when, when shit happens like um, a gearbox throws a, a clutch or the gear just shreds, then the chassis guy goes, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when the engine blows a piston like happened with the Ricardo earlier in the year on the yeah. final lap, yeah. um, you know, it's great he managed to cross the, cross the line, but yeah. uh, that's the engineer's, uh, the engine manufacturer's fuck up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you have to, you've got to show you're going to do something about it, but they've spent zero tokens, which kind of says they've either just gone, fuck you to Red Bull, or they're not sure how to fix the, split, the problems that they've got with their engine. Well, that's it too. They're not trying. So... Mm. For whatever reason, they've they've put the the pocketbook away and just said, "Look, we're not spending any money on this. We're not investing." And it seems like they've made the choice to not support Red Bull yeah. from the start of the season. And look, um, Red Bull probably misread that too, because in the past, using the media to get your um, secondary companies on board has been the status quo. Like, yeah. you give someone a good rev up in the media and they go right well we've got to fucking get underneath it yeah yeah that's not happened with Renault um, they've gone well fuck you yeah exactly and and you've, yeah you've got a sort of question like there's not really much compromise in Red Bull and that's their nature and that's never been sort of a secret but well, any team that's got Helmut Marco on there their general default setting is cunt yeah that's true but the thing is if you're a car manufacturer and you can't build a good engine to compete then you can't really blame that on the other people you can't say well you know when you were winning you didn't give us credit engine wasn't why they were winning that's just the fact of the matter mm. they were winning because they had a good engine the engine was nice tidy you know reliable because there was engine freeze and they've been around the V8's been around for a fair while but you know it's not like they were responsible for their win so I think they're kind of being a little bit of a bitch about it and if yeah. they're going to buy a new team which supposedly they are they're ripping themselves off the chances of being able to test their new engines in the Red Bull because Red Bull have said we're not buying we're not getting the new engines we don't want them because yeah. they're not going to have next year. They don't want to put the miles on their cars and give them the data from having their development pass. Yeah, which makes sense. Next year. Um, you know, unless they can sort out something amicable, like say, so, all right, we'll give you new engines, you give us the data, and we give them to you for free or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, work, it, work out something like that. Or yeah. they label them fucking, I don't know, Renaults or who cares. Yeah. But um, the two, well, the three mooted options were Mercedes, and Mercedes come out and said, nah, not having it. Yep. Um, which, you know... You can kind of understand, yeah. But then again, if Red Bull win, Mercedes can still sort of put their hand up and say we're responsible for that. Yeah. Exactly. So to me, the instant no doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Especially when you've got an Austrian company and a German company. Yeah. Um, it would seem to, you know, make sense to consolidate in the region, especially with Germany being the only economy worth a shit. Yeah. In Europe. And then you've got uh, coming in Ferrari who seem rather keen to supply Red Bull. Um, And we've spoken before about this. It's advantageous to everyone. Uh, Red Bull get an engine that's competitive, but not Mercedes, so they're not going to be uh, forced to do things the way they don't want to do them. Uh, Ferrari get telemetry from Red Bull, who everyone believes has the better chassis. And with their design team, they're fantastic. Probably right, yeah. Uh, Ferrari have the design team to make the most of that data. Mm. So even though they're not going to be getting uh, spring loads or uh, aero deltas, they're going to be able to get exactly what the engine's doing every second of, or every nanosecond yeah. of the lap. 
which their guys are smart enough to turn that into real-world data they can use. Yeah, because the things that they use to get data is fucking amazing these days. Like, they'll yeah. use sound. They'll record the sound of oh, going past, and they can understand everything that's going on with it. They'll know the RPMs, so they'll... they'll but they'll get the full telemetry from that anyway. So they know the RPM, uh, the torque factor, uh, how much load's coming through at the temperature, uh, the exhaust temperature, what the turbo's spooling at, uh, how much energy recovery is being used, how much energy has been recovered. So with all those different things, they'll be able to work out, all right, we're recovering this much energy. We can work out how much their brake bias is. Yeah. Or we know um, the engine was actually overheating then, which means that they've narrowed their cooling or what they'll be able to work out so much yeah. from that. And if if you're in Ferrari's design team, all data is good data. Exactly, yeah. And especially when they've been a team that has struggled to get quality data uh, mm. in their sort of back at Marinella. they haven't paid for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the thing with Red Bull is that what they've invested in with um, the, <clears throat> the CFD calculation instead of wind tunnel now um mm. they've got like a fucking just ridiculous supercomputer that um they made themselves that um does all their calculations for that and apparently that's like a huge big thing it's a big secret they got going on there or some yeah. shit but yeah if they can get the data from that then they can analyze it and get a whole lot of information out of it so i mean in f1 there's always some sort of uh sort of subtle underhand motives to everything well and that uh moves on to the third option that's been mooted which is vw yeah now this me has all the hallmarks of um, two companies having no intention of working together but getting together on a presser because they want something. Yeah. Um, for Red Bull, if you've got Ferrari's only option, Ferrari will not hesitate a second to charge you top fucking dollar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and it would be a crazy thing because Ferrari now you've got nowhere to go. I mean, Honda, yep. nah, that's not happening. Renault's already out, so bad luck here's our price pay it or don't um but the thing is with vw in the thing it, it kind of uh gives red bull a bit of bargaining yeah it, it puts options on the table as well exactly because red bull can say well we do have vw as the option and yep. ferrari's going well you know it's gonna be a shit engine oh, well you don't know that we've seen the veyron yeah. um but on the, on the flip side vw in the same week they're getting fucking smashed because they decided to do a bit of a dodgy on uh, their golf. Do they? Yep. Um, to get uh, past certain tax brackets in the Europe and in the US market, you've got to have a certain level of emissions. Yep. And from what I understand, what they did was insert some code into the CPU or yep. the ECU or whatever yep. that meant when the car is stationary, it runs at a certain timing. Right. Um, and I think it only runs off a single cam. Yep. And it, it limits the temperature and all that sort of shit. It's uh, the diesel version. Yep. Then... Once the car's in motion, it goes all out. Right. Uh, the difference being that when you're testing a car for EPA, yep. obviously it's not in motion. It's oh, yeah. stationary. Yeah. Yeah. So it passes flying colours. <laughs> and once it's on the fucking road, that thing had 40 times these uh, emissions that it had when it was stationary. So It's just cancer coming out of the exhaust. Oh, shit, shit. So the US government's going, can't, lad. That's fucking bullshit. We're going to fine you. And the VW's like, what of you'll find us? Yeah. Oh, let's say half a billion. And they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, and Europe's going to probably go down the same road because fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> we need money. Exactly. We'll take it. <laughs> I think Greece has already had three class actions. I don't think anyone owns a VW, but the wafting exhaust and what. They find them 3.8 trillion. Israel have come in for, for half a billion. Yeah. Actually, I think Greece. Not for VW, so. Greece just said double or nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I. 
I don't see VW coming along as an engine manufacturer next year, and I'd be shocked to tears if they actually bought Red Bull, at least for next year. Yeah. I could see them the year after, once the new engine regs come in. Yeah. But uh, to me, look, people have done dumber shit, but it makes no sense for them to jump in now, especially uh, when... VW under that umbrella has Audi and Porsche yeah. and they're smashing WC uh, Mark Webber's driving for Porsche he just came off the back back to back wins yeah. uh, in the Enduros and Audi's got a long history in the Enduro uh, especially Le Mans yeah they were dominating for a while weren't they so you know you're not going to put I don't see the advantage of putting VW in F1 yeah um, and of their key marquees you know the only one that really makes sense would be Lamborghini to me yeah yeah well I think yeah, that's true. I think Audi might make a bit of sense just because you want to take on Mercedes head-to-head, head, especially in Germany. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like with Formula 1, I think the, there's attractive for VW to get in there because they need manufacturers who've got money. Because the worst thing that's let Formula 1 down at the moment is just teams don't have cash. And that's yeah. just hindering development and it's causing so many headaches that you need to be able to make these big developers to be able to come in there. And yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm not sure if it'd be badge VW. I don't know if there'd be much... Uh, if you get more advantage out of pumping up one of the subsidiary companies um, through that, but I think like they're doing very well in WEC. I think they might give the confidence to take on Mercedes at F1 and go head to head with the German market. Yeah, but to me, you've already got um, a racing pedigree in Audi and Porsche. Yeah, uh, it, it, as good as it'd be to see Porsche or Audi in F1, to me, Lamborghini makes more sense because immediately you've got a rivalry with Ferrari. Um, and like anything, it's not so much who you love, it's who you hate. Yeah. And so people that hate Ferrari will probably think, oh, Lambo, yeah, yeah. get on that. Because Lambo, they used to be being formed to develop engines. I remember they developed mm. an engine for one of the, I want to say McLarens. I'm pretty sure it was McLaren. Um, it was going to come out, a center test drove it, but um, they ended up the last minute pulling off the grid. It wasn't going to go in there. It was, a, it was a Lamborghini V10 or V12 or something. It was just a monster. It was just, mm. I think it was painted all white just on the test day. So I'll try and look it up. If I can find the photos of it, I'll post it on our on our page. But um, yeah, so they've got a history in Formula 1. So I'd like to see Lamborghini in there as well. Yeah, the only other thing would be Bugatti. Um, they've got an F1 history as well back yeah. in the day. Yeah, true. But honestly, if you get exposure on Bugatti, it's yeah. going to sell, what, two more cars maybe? Exactly, yeah. You're already selling all you can make. Yeah. And they're kind of... They're amazingly, awesomely stupid, dumb cars. Yeah, and the thing is, if you're buying a Bugatti, you're going to buy a Bugatti. You're not yeah. going, oh, am I tossing up between the Koenigsegg or the Bugatti? Oh, no, Bugatti's a Formula 1, I'll get that one. You know, it's just... Yeah, it's if not you, gonna if be you can buy one, market. you can buy both. Whereas to me, um, Audi will be... Uh, the halo effect on Audi would be decent yeah but the effect on lamborghini would be spectacular because lamborghini only make performance cars yeah whereas audi you've got the a5 for like 20 grand and yeah no one's going to look at the a5 and go oh f1 history yeah exactly you know, you're going to be like no just you know, what's will my uh children's school friends parents think of me now yeah and look you could make the same argument for porsche um solely because they make the uh cayenne yeah. which is a fucking phenomenally shithouse car. Yeah, it probably, probably sells phenomenally well because... Yeah, I, like, I should clarify. It's not a terrible car. It's a terrible Porsche. It's a terrible, yeah, because it's a terrible concept for Porsche, I think, but fucking, they're making a kill out of it because I was just saying build race cars, that's it. Well, yeah, but it's just a fucking Tuareg. Yeah. But anyway. So I think if VW does come in, it, like we were sort of talking about there, it's going to be... 
Well, I think it'll be a decision where they're either going to try and go as Audi and take on Mercedes in the German market, or if they get Lamborghini and try and take on Ferrari in the Italian market. Yeah. I think it could be a toss-up between the two, because I think trying to get that market share back from Mercedes is probably going to be the most profitable. Yeah, true, true. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It could just be a bargaining strategy, and there's still a sleeper, a sleeper partner we don't know about yet. Do Audi have a performance partner? Like, you know how uh, Mercedes has got AMG and... Yeah. Uh, Jaguar has got Brabham and whatnot. Yeah. Do Audi have one? I don't know, actually. Not sure. I know Porsche had Gembala, which was uh, a performance brand. But anyway, I'm not sure. Um, It'd be interesting to see if maybe... uh, What other other brands could use F1 exposure? I think I've long said Hyundai, just because they're probably the best Korean manufacturer of cars that aren't crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you you could say Kia, but when's the last time you said Kia? That'd be an exciting car to drive. I think you've got to try and get the American market, someone in there. I think like Corvette yeah. or... I mean, it's a long shot, or, but... actually, uh, the best one would be Volvo. Yeah. You get uh, Pastor Maldonado in one of those, <laughs> you will test the fuck out of that thing. Just be like, hey, Volvo, we're safe. Look, Pastor Maldonado, still alive. He's not dead yet. And everyone's like, fuck yeah, I've seen him. He's a fucking crazy bitch. <laughs> so Pastor's been dead for 20 years. He hasn't realised it yet. That's why you can't kill him. Uh, but yeah, I think especially expanding to America, I think it'd be interesting to see them get some of those performance cars because even the American cars are really still away from just taking on pure American market now, where they're just straight line running gun cars. They're looking to handle better and be a lot more sort of uh, road agile. Yeah, they're looking at these things called corners. Yeah, I know. It's quite yeah. amazing. So um, I'd like to see sort of maybe one of those take the initiative, but the yeah. cash that it costs is just tough and operating out of America is tough. Yeah, I I, I do love the look of American muscle cars. Yeah, me too. Um, I love them, especially old ones. They're great. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like the old uh, 60s, 70s, gorgeous time for cars. Yeah. Um, but if you've ever driven one, you have to have an upper body workout to turn those motherfuckers. Yeah. And if you drive over minor bumps, you're either going to porpoise along because mm. you just bounce, yeah. or it's going to bo- uh, the absorbers will bo- bottom out and you'll get fucking whashed. Yeah. So having said that, Again, they're stupid, terrible, glorious, fantastic yeah. vehicles. Like burnout machines. Yeah, Great. It's, it's like, if you want a sensible car, you would never get it. Yeah. But if you want a car where you just go, I'm going to drive that today, I'm going to enjoy <laughs> yep. it. Yep. Like when driving becomes an actual event. Yeah. It's not a transport, it's an activity. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm going driving, where are you going? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't care. I'm just going for a drive, fuck it. Yeah. And I don't, people don't do that often enough. No. Um, and you know, I... I I can love to do that. But um, I suppose we better get back to the race. Yeah, um, we can do that. <laughs> lap 13 uh, was the next jump I had yep. with uh, Massa and Hulk. Yeah, yeah, interesting incident there. Um, Hulk got penalised three three grip places for yeah. that. But for me, it was more a racing incident. And, you know, yeah. People say that there's always avoidable collisions. And look, um, Hulkenberg was on the track. Yep. Uh, Massa was merging. But to, to me, it was just one of those things where, you know, Massa obviously is trying to beat him yeah and Massa would have been told you know get out ahead of um, Hulkenberg yeah likewise Hulkenberg would have been told Massa's exiting the pits watch out for him yeah but they kind of just it was just both drivers being a little bit belligerent yeah but none of them being you know crazy aggressive it was yeah it was just the perfect timing where they both didn't really get a chance to see each other. And it's as much the design yeah. of the pit lane exit as anything else. Yeah, and it's different to where you've got two cars um, going at it at the same speed and then going in the corner. It's much easier to be able to ascertain who's in the right and who's in the wrong. Mm. But when you've got like, Massa coming in slow and then Hulkenberg coming in at you know, race fast, pace, yeah. race pace around the outside, your judgment of where you're going to be in those given times in split-second decisions is a bit off. And so I think yeah. like Massa, he had to be there. If you're Massa, you go for that corner every day. Every day of the week you go for that corner. 
Falkenberg, I think Marty Brundle got it right when he said he just couldn't see him in that point in the mirrors. And when he's come across the corner, that he's just cut across him a bit too much. But I think that with those two drivers, they've got a history of being good drivers, good clean yeah, drivers, yeah. smart drivers. And so I think it's a purely a racing incident because if, if Nico had have seen him, he would have given him room. I don't, think, I don't doubt that. Well, no driver was to crash out. Yeah, I think um, because if he gave him room, he would have got him like around the corner anyway because he had more pace. Yeah, it was just the angles and the timing. Because um, yeah. with Massa, he couldn't see him in the reviews because yeah. of the you know angle of the curve yep. of the track. And same with um, Hulkenberg. He was coming in and couldn't didn't know where he was. Yeah. So, look, you could probably say maybe Hulkenberg should have assumed he was there and given him more room, but yeah. then all of a sudden you change the whole line of the corner and all yeah. Like, and when you break like a split second decision down to you know an hour of debate, it's much easier to be able to do it. But when it's in a split second moment like that, it's yeah. very tough to make those calls. And look, if, if you had to assign fault to someone, if it was like, well, someone has to die for this, yeah. then Hulkenberg probably does have the greater responsibility solely because yeah. he was on track. Yeah. But you got to sort of say, well, the person merging has responsibility. So look, uh, yeah, we've seen plenty of cut crosses before. Yeah. Um, and with varying varying degrees of stupidity. Yeah. Um, to me, this was one of the ones where it was maybe 55-45 on Hulkenberg's uh, issue. Yeah. But I, I don't see it worth a, th- a three-place green penalty, which is probably yeah. the minimum they could give him, to be honest. Yeah. But the thing that's a concern as well is that they've been given a directive to not be so heavy-handed with penalties now because it's been ruining races. And yeah. like, they were given that directive a while ago. And so I think with two drivers like this, you're not proving by having one give one a penalty at the following race. More of a racing incident, and you need to kind of um, assess it as that. And they didn't bring Nico in to speak to him. They made the decision like pretty much during the race. But the thing is, for an incident like that, it's not going to have an effect on the race unless Massa gets a penalty. Yeah. And so if they decided that um, it was probably Nico's fault, they can wait till after the race and then do it then. Well, while the race is going, you got shit to do. Yeah, I found that odd because oftentimes when the no driver they reckon might be at fault crashes out yeah. um, they will investigate after the race because they want to talk to them first yeah exactly um, and if they hand in a penalty during the race it's normally a go yeah. or a pit lane entrance or time added on yeah uh, at that time of the race probably would have been a, a pit entrance yeah or a stop something go. like that yeah but um, yeah I, to me that was harsh mm. but look you, it was one of those things where it probably was there um, but what does that penalty serve? I mean, is, are other drivers going to do anything different again? Yeah, you're not and setting you're, a, a precedent to anybody, you know? No, and I don't think um, other drivers are going to look at it and go, oh, well, I better alter my my um, driving yeah. style. No, it's just going to be like, well, that was one of those things. Yeah, it's just like, you can't. <laughs> pretty much. Now you're back but, to business. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought that was pretty damn harsh. Yeah, and I think that brought out the safety card, didn't it? Because yeah, it he'd did. just gone in the pits there, and that was the start of the first pit window. Yeah, Kvyat had just gone in the pits as well. He yeah. got murdered by safety cars at Poor Bastards. Yeah, so did Signs as well. Yeah, every time um, those two pitted, there was a safety car out within a lap or two. Yeah, yep. And even um, when Signs got in finally onto the pits, I think he pitted under the um, yellow, under the safety car. Um, he's come in and then he's had to sit stationary after a pretty oh, decent yeah. stop for uh, I think it was the Lotus through. of Maldonado there was I think it was Ericsson and Alonso had come through mm. and to be fair he probably could have tucked him in out um, in front of the Lotus but the Lotus would have come in um, that's in the next garage down so they've got to yeah. come in and cut across him so it was touch and go uh, but sitting there station like that must just kill you as an F1 driver oh uh, watch people Button get overtaken had, at 40k's an hour Button had a, a, a night to forget too Oh, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything could go wrong. <laughs> it's hilarious to listen to him on the radio. I and like it, JV. He, he's 
he's uh, planned his end of season trip already. Yeah. Um, I remember hearing one of the radio calls where it was like, all right, we need to save fuel, but we need to heat up the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, so what? So obviously when you're trying to save fuel, you'll coast, but when you want to hit the brakes, you'll brake hard. Yeah. So you, we need you to get off the brakes, but get on the brakes hard. Yeah, yeah so exactly. I, so I have to coast and then brake suddenly. Yeah. What, what, the, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then ask Steve later on. Um, yeah, you're, you've got to last these tyres, like plus three laps until yeah. the pit stop. It's like, uh, every time I touch the accelerator and I just lose it. Like yeah. it spins up. I can see the front tyres lighten up. And we do three more laps. Like, really? Yeah, okay, guys. I remember uh, they were talking about something else as well. Oh yeah, your your um, energy recovery thing looks like. He's like oh, anything else. Yeah, that's right. Anything <laughs> else? Yeah. yeah, no problems, guys. Anything else? And then of course there's the pit stop issue where his uh, I think it was left rear wouldn't go yeah. on. What was it? There was a thing that was um, I had this written down somewhere. Pit stop. Yeah, his pit stop was embarrassing. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. it was Forty seconds just sat there while they're trying to fuck around with his front right, and it seemed like there was lots of common little, little mistakes like that in the pits. With uh, no Williams when they just before Massa had the accident they released they dropped the front jack before the front right hand tyre was properly yeah. on and had that not happened you probably would have avoided that incident with Hulkenberg on that first corner because he would have been out a bit earlier you just wonder if um, they shouldn't take a, a bit of a note from North Melbourne and uh, rest their key pit stop guys <laughs> yeah. every once in a while yeah. yeah that's not a bad idea actually rotate them through um, give the fans a go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been I've been down to Albert Park they have a pit stop test there you know well, I did that once at the crack, Top Gear um, experience and I think a good time was about 0.6 seconds yep and uh, Nick and I did it in I think uh, 2.8 yeah but you're drunk so oh and how <laughs> um, it's like the tyre went on the proper way yeah but um, yeah I mean he had a fucking night to forget and look he's probably going to announce in the next short time that where he's going next year and yeah. I'd love to see him join uh, Weber in WEC uh, yeah look I think that's I think that'll almost be a certainty because I think the media is saying that it's imminent he's going to announce his retirement in Suzuka in Japan next weekend and when you look at it you've got new regulations coming in for 2017 and so the Honda engine's just a dog at the moment yeah. and you've got to think next season it's not going to be much better because you're going to fo- be focusing on new regulations 2017 yeah. And when you're Jensen, you have to look at that and go, am I still going to be here in 2017? Like, what's my plan then? Yeah. And so instead of hanging around the back of the grid for another season, you're better off starting your next phase of your racing career and what are you going to do then? So I think WEC will be a big fit for him at the moment. And I think um, get that passion the, back too. the double banger bonus as well because yep. you get the races on the track. Yeah. But if Button and Weber are in the same team, uh, yeah. obviously being a, a WEC thing, there's going to be multiple cars in the convoy. Yeah. So if Button's got his own trailer bus and Webb's yep. got his own trailer bus yep those motherfuckers are racing all across Europe I'll guarantee <laughs> <Hell yeah>. you <laughs> um, that'll be the real endurance challenge it's like yeah. not only the race but you've got to get back home as well exactly <laughs> so you know it'll be straight off the <laughs> off the track cargo's in the back of the bus alright we're good go bang <laughs> I tell you what I reckon if news gets out if news of that gets out Fernando's like fuck it I'm in <laughs> <laughs> you know, bus rallying and then Pastor yep. Maldonado's like me too I'm like fuck off <laughs> so suddenly you've got V-Dub versus Volkswagen uh, versus Mercedes in bus challenges across Europe <laughs> that'd be awesome <laughs> RV joins in <laughs> that'll get America on board they can fang oh, RVs yeah. around actually that'd be crazy have a barbecue at the back <laughs> yeah um, yeah, so anyway, back to the race. We had the uh, safety car came in lap 18. You had five laps of that safety car, plus um, or plus the virtual safety car as well. Well, it and seemed like um, a bit of it was uh, Rossi, because he was in fourth, yeah, like yeah. out of position, yep, yep. Um, sitting behind Ricardo. Yeah. Um, no, must have been third then. And 
the I remember seeing the light the teletext uh, telemetry saying you know car I think forty four he might be no that's Lewis um, no of course he is um, I can't remember Rossi's number um, car whatever manner yeah uh, unlap yourself kind of thing. I think it's yep. fifty four could remember. be yeah um, and he just sort of chilled yeah and you can see Ricardo going all right he's going by and so every time the straight would come around he'd sort of back off a bit. Yeah. Move to the side, and then you see Rossi moving behind him. <laughs> and you see, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> He's laughing. I'll take of, third. And he sort of right, corners can't, can't let Vettel get too far ahead. You know, yeah. I'm gonna gotta make sure he doesn't fuck off. So yeah. then he'd go up, and then all right, I'll go to the outside. But I'm not going so far outside. I'm in the marbles. Yeah. And Ricardo kept trying to let him by, and Rossi's. <laughs> um, Radio wasn't working, so he's yeah. just like, what the fuck's this guy doing? Yeah. But I'm the new guy, so I guess this is how you do it. I'll just tuck him behind him. And so he's just trying to learn by example. I think he's got a Ferrari engine in that car as well, so he's pretty much just shafted Kimmy by trying to stick yeah. himself in behind He did too. Cardo. Imagine Kimmy would have been turning the air blue. Yeah. Just, yeah. I actually think... Arita get Betty, him off the track. I remember Betty said that Kimmy just doesn't stop complaining over the radio. Yeah. <laughs> you just imagine, imagine going, fucking more complaining, Jesus. <laughs> I hope there's a, a suggestion box in the Ferrari garage and it, instead of this little tiny thing it's just this big dumpster yeah. or just one for Kimmy yeah. like tiny the one for everyone else Kimmy's yeah. yeah and all of them are fuck you in uh, Swedish or Finnish Finnish all that yeah Danish yeah. German and there's this car is shit over and over again <laughs> just one after the other fuck you Sebastian <laughs> yeah <laughs> endlessly <laughs> So yeah, so I think this race, especially um, Malaysia with the night race, different temperatures, uh, Pirelli having tighter sort of um, working window in their tyres, it was all about if you get the tyres into that working window and if you keep mm. them there. And I think with the safety car coming out at that point, you really limit people's ability to work the tyres and come in. So the way your chassis is set up will have a big impact on mm. how well you can get your tyres working. And if you looked at the Red Bull um, before the race, you can see the amount of rake that they put on the car for this yeah. track. It was fucking amazing. I'll get a picture. I'll put it up on our website. But you can see how how aggressive you can be with good aerodynamics package by having that rake set up and how much confidence you have in your chassis that's going to be worthwhile. You're not just going to suffer. And I think it paid dividends during the race. You sort of saw Ricardo qualified second, finished second um, with a Renault in the back. So... Answers a lot of questions for them going forward without a Renault, I think. Well, and he got the fastest lap too. Yeah, he did and too. Vettel would have. He, he loves those. Um, yeah, those uh, purple sectors. Yeah, no, it's, well, I don't know what you call them, like one percenters, plus ones. I don't know what you call them, but stats, achievements. Yeah, yeah. he, you know, he likes to unlock all achievements. Yeah, yeah, that's a way to put it, actually. Yeah, um, but yeah, obviously he would have been pretty keen for those three, but yeah. uh, he only got led every lap, uh, pole, and. Top step, obviously. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that just shows that Ricardo does have the pace. He just, he, he couldn't use a strategy. Yeah. And like, that's that's not an excuse. He he was outdriven by Vettel. And yeah. if you see Vettel's uh, pole position lap, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was right on the ragged edge with millimetres to spare. Yeah. But never, uh, he never put a wheel nut over that ragged yeah. edge. And the thing is, Ricardo wasn't going to um, beat Vettel on merits of the good car. It had to be he had to yeah. outrace him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was always gonna be tough, but he would have had an opportunity if that dude didn't come out on the fucking track and started a second safety car. Yeah, and look, it it's hard he would have caught him, I'd say. Yeah. I don't know whether he could have passed him. I don't think he would have passed him. He would have had to go for the under, undercut. That would be yeah. a chance. He was only pass him on track. No. So the undercut was really the only way he could work it and that's what his plan was kind of. And he'd come to get tucked up behind Vettel before the pit stops come around, but Guy comes in on track, they call it in, safety car's out, everyone gets tucked up, goes the same pace, and that's the end of that. 
Yeah, which was disappointing in a way, but uh, yeah. well, disappointing in every way, really. Yeah. But um, I wonder what that bloke's doing now. Um, he's in jail. Um, I actually have the update just here. Let me just find it. Anyway, somehow he got access to the track. Yeah. And uh, it seemed like if, if I was wandering and suddenly found myself on a track with cars flying by at 300 k's an hour, yeah. I'd probably be pretty keen to get the fuck off. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. But he seemed to sort of stop, look down, look around. Got his phone out. Got his phone out. Just, you know. Probably took a selfie or something. Yeah, checked in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. That ch- uh, um, whatever your fucking name is. Is now at Singapore International Circuit. Yeah. <laughs> Turn four. <laughs> <laughs> Curbing. Just in front of Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Um, and I I have no idea what goes through a mind like that. Um, yep. So it's when you want to send Pastor out there, just you know, <laughs> on the track, mate, Mad Max style. Let's see what happens. No, let's bring everyone in and have a Pastor, just to see how this plays out. Uh, flabbergasted on yeah. how that could occur, because as far as I knew it, all the gaps were manned by marshals. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, then again, if I'm a marshal and some wanker just yeah. walks on the track. I'm not risking my ass for him. Yeah, fuck him. He can go get splattered by Pastor Maldonado. I'll be sitting behind the concrete barrier. Yeah, and let's be honest, Southeast Asia isn't particularly known for its stringent safety measures and paying attention to details. So, no. Probably you just shift a few cash to someone and make your way on that circuit pretty easy, I reckon. The people in charge of keeping people safe yeah. would not have thought anyone would be dumb enough. Yeah, exactly. Why the fuck sort of would you do that? It's like if you're at SeaWorld and they're like, yeah. don't put your arms in the shark tank. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, you would think that's not a necessary warning. Yeah, because I mean, you understand if it's the slowdown lap and people we've got a marshal waving their flags, you're going to get close to the action. But mid race, you're fucking yeah. insane. Or if there's been a crash and there's yeah. a, a big front wing or yeah. there's something, I would be one of those blokes who would definitely try and uh, souvenir that. Yeah. I have no idea how I get it home. Six. I, I understand how you can be drunk enough to try and drive a car, but I don't see you be drunk enough to try and take on a car. No, that's tough. Imagine if there was an accident and you managed to pick up a front wing. Yeah. Do you reckon that'd be carry-on or check baggage? <laughs> yeah, well, the other thing is that you'd think they'd have to be blood all over the car. Do you reckon they'd act like Flovies and the mechanics would have to have a look at it? And go, oh, shit, yeah, our T-shirt oh. wasn't working properly. That's what it was, a splitter. All data's Fucked. good data. <laughs> exactly. Um, and look, maybe it'd be like uh, Ricardo when he got uh, T-boned a uh, few races back. Yeah. Um, you know, they end up with an indentation in front of the car. And like, actually, the car performed pretty well after yeah. that. So maybe the split actually diverts the air away from the driver's helmet, which is causing drag. <laughs> we, could, we could look at this. <laughs> Probably the only contribution the fuck stick could have. Yeah, exactly. So whoever that guy is, eat a dick. Well, he's in jail in Singapore. He probably is. Yeah, he's probably eating lots of dicks, isn't he? <laughs> Cock sandwich. Yeah, and so yeah, safety car. What was that? Lap eighteen ended up coming coming in. Um, Vettel sort of just led away, pushed up the pack so that he could save his tyres. Made a mistake in the first stint, um, getting away too early, and sort of wearing his tyre out of the range towards the end of the stint. Um, Danny was try- catching him towards the first pit stop, but obviously both pit stops were under safety car, so he couldn't do much about it. But it was very much tight strategy. And Vettel, the second stop, after the second stop, um, put together a very good stint in regards to managing his tyres and backing Danny up without um, putting in in danger of being overtaken or anything like that. And we could, like, even if he had got that chance to undercut, it would have been tough to get off Vettel anyway. Yeah. So. And look, I've... Uh I've never considered myself a Vettel fan, yeah. but he drove a perfect race. Yeah, you've got um, to give respect for being a talented driver. His pole position was a flawless, yep. aggressive lap that took everything out of the car possible, yeah. and his racecraft was fantastic. He yep. opened up a three-second gap as soon as possible, yeah. uh, using the three laps without Kurs. Yep. Um, obviously, 
Ricardo would have liked to have caught up a bit in the pit stops and he could have used Kurz, but when you've got um, the three three laps after the safety car, they always disable Kurt, uh, DRS. DRS. Yeah. So, look, it is what it is. Um, I can't take anything from Vettel. He just drove a perfect race. Yeah, exactly. And you got to give that guy talent, uh, all his credit for being a very talented driver. And he does seem to be able to rally a team. <clears throat> It's one of the things that, you, especially people that you're not cheering for, you don't really want to admit all the good things that they do, but it seems like he really is around his team together and he's good at driving those races, um, managing those races. Yeah. Um, I, it's also easier when you're not under pressure for a championship and you're not having those strains. Yeah, it's the sort of thing where if I did meet him, I'd want to shake his hand, but I'd also kind of want to break that finger off. Yeah, yeah. So it just depend which one wore out. Um, yeah, yeah. beers are that. <laughs> yeah, true, true. And again, maybe he could probably put a few beers away, the young lad. But he's German, German so, fellow, yeah. So, you know, if, he, if he can't, he'd probably, I don't know, get deported. Yeah, yeah, true. Next thing, Lewis having some car issues. Uh, it took him a while to figure out what it was, in fact. They had to retire it to get under the hood. Um, it turns out he had a loose clamp on the intooler hose that popped off. And so, obviously, you're not getting any boost through there. Yeah, a 25-cent... Um, uh, screw clamp. Yeah, um, that's what happens. Yeah, I think I think what happened was Lewis actually got his hands on the engine, was trying to get some sick turbo flutter. <laughs> <laughs> Single man now, so got to try and pull the birds, get up with the young kids. Lots of competition. Well, but yeah, the other one towards the end, uh, Verstappen. Let's do yeah. a quick quick improv. I'm your race manager, uh, your uh, engineer. Yep. You're Verstappen. All right, Max. Let Carlos through. Go fuck yourself, cunt. <laughs> Pretty much what happened. <laughs> I remember that, uh, Max, you need to let uh, Carlos through. Yeah. No! No! <laughs> and then he's come, come back afterwards and his dad told him if you let him pass, we'll kick you in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> so he avoided that. Um, but I mean, if we, didn't, if we didn't have enough ammunition to make fun of Verstappen about his dad pretty much to turn the wheel for him, he's just giving us more. I know, right? Look, he's a very talented driver and he's going to be an absolute star, but... Making it too easy for us to give you some shit, mate. Well, get kicked to the balls. His balls haven't even fucking dropped yet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, he doesn't even know what they're for at the moment. I don't think his dad's had that talk. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's driving all right, because he hasn't found out the birds yet. He's <laughs> keeping them away. Yeah, that's probably not a bad point, too, because once that happens, you're fucked. Oh, shit, yes. A- any you know gun athlete as a teenager would figure that out. Yeah, once he discovers masturbation, he's really in trouble. <laughs> um, but yeah, <coughs> another good thing, too. Uh, another double finish for Manor. Yep, yep. Uh, Rossi... He beat Stevens, yep. which, uh, you know, is something you have to do. Yeah. And look, I don't think he did too bad at all. Yeah, and first race, first um, out in the race trim for Rossi in the Marussia, just signed, I think, a five-race deal uh, on the back of Ferrari, uh, putting him in there. Yeah. And you have to think that with Haas, they well, he reckon... He has to go to Haas. Yeah, but they've said that he's not, that's the only problem, so that's why it doesn't make sense, because Haas said that they're not taking Rossi, they want experience, and so um, they were going to have, it's looking like they've got Grosjean from uh, Renault. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't rate Grosjean. Yeah, yeah. Um, not as a experienced developer. Yeah. Um, just looking at drivers, I'd rate above him. I'd I'd look at Massa. Um, yeah, he's in contract though. Yeah. Um, There's no out of track that you can really get because they wanted Hulkenberg, but he just signed for Force India. It's looking like Paris is going to resign as well. And they're just struggling to be able to get someone who's got that talent and actually on the grid at the moment. So it might be able to grab a button or Alonso the way they're looking. Yeah, yeah, this is true. You might be able to. I think both of them might say, fuck it. I think they're really... I think it's draining the passion out of them. I think Alonso might stick it out for a year or two. Yep. Um, It's kind of the funny thing. Alonso and Button 
both uh, when you look at career highlights, not yep. dissimilar. Yeah. But Alonso just has a, a fierce reputation as a a highly skilled driver. Yeah. And every every F one driver still says that he's one of the best passers in the in the. Uh, game yeah yeah and he's definitely got the sort of resume to back that up I mean everybody's got the highlights of Fernando it's awesome overtaking around Spa or mm. you know, stick a few in there in Monza um, and his his hunger is still definitely there yeah. uh, I, I would hate to be in the pits when he's had to retire he would just tear strips off people yeah yeah and I think he's at the point where he's still too still stubborn enough to stay in F1 to try and get another championship and I think with his era he's fighting against Vettel and, and Hamilton to really sort of dominate that era and yeah. he's always had the talent it's just been in the right spot he hasn't managed to do well, I don't think he's the sort of guy that wants to be racing his whole life either like you look at Button and Weber uh, racing is how they live their life yeah you know and I, I can see them going to you know uh, touring cars at some stage and racing until they're like 60 yeah whereas Alonso I can imagine him going in F1 until he can't and then just no I'm done yeah I'm, I'm gonna fuck off on my yacht well, he's got a cycling team or something like that. He's got interest in, yeah, cycling. I know he's a big fan of, um, yeah, like that whole, whatever the fuck you call the cycling season. You know, the Tour de France and you got fucking one in Italy and Spain and whatever. The gyro or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, all those stuff. Um, so I know he's definitely had interest in those. Um, but I think, I think kind of he is a pure racer where he's not interested yeah. in other bullshit. Just give me the cars, let us race and just fuck off. So I think just that the extraneous things is that in the word extraneous, extraneous. Yeah. yeah does that make sense sweet those things will just sort of play a part in him just losing the passion for it and going I just want to fucking race I don't want to do yeah, it. all so. your bullshit just want to race and McIron's not a, not a good team at the moment for, for not having bullshit no it's uh, it's all gone pear shaped yeah um, maybe they're suffering from the Ferrari curse like in the years where Ferrari have had uh, great road cars they've been shit on the uh, track yeah and look the uh, McLaren are making some spectacular road cars and their F1 car is well yeah shite exactly man I mean another double finish uh, double retirement for McLaren they just can't get the end of the season here quick enough really no what what can you do like if you're in charge of the team what do you say to them to try and keep them revved up well that's the problem is that Ron Dennis has been saying everything he has to to, to um keep him there and doesn't be able to back it up so it's kind of you know you fucked yourself really yeah he he's over promised and under delivered but he's sort of relied on other people to deliver on his promises too which is yeah. never a, a smart option that's it and I think um, I think Ron Dennis he's one of those people he's very capable he's a mechanic he's worked his way oh, up from, from the bottom knows everything about the cars but uh, he's one person that needs to be control and I think there's just too many parts of that head to to have to um, manage and, and control there's too many things they need to improve immediately yeah and so I think I think you're right he, he just can't be hands on in every department but I think his decision making um, as managers not quite been right I think he's promised too many things especially with the drivers in there we've talked about lots and not being able to deliver them has kind of got him stuck now and yeah. as a I think he wanted to go the major stakeholder in McLaren as well so mm. effectively own it um, I think that's dangerous I think it's dangerous for McLaren to do that to be honest yeah and look it, it says something when Ericsson is beating Button. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is terrible. That should never happen. Yeah. Um, but looking at the uh, the Drivers' Championship, yep. Hamilton now is only less than two race wins ahead. Yep. Um, Rosberg picked up four points, which he, he would have loved to have picked up more. Yeah. 
but he's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Simply. And the car just wasn't anywhere. Like, you didn't hear about the Mercedes at mm. all during the race like, at yeah. all. You hear Lewis complain about Vettel backing the pack up, and you're like, Let's, so the person from people in front of you are going slower, and that's to be complained about? Like, yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah, I mean, the, the other thing is, too, that um, with that, Ricardo moves back ahead of Kvyat. Yep. Um, which is something that you, you have to beat your teammate. Yeah, um, exactly. There's simply no other option. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, there's no other real movements that are going to change much. I mean, yeah. uh, it's only out of uh, Hamilton and Rosberg. Vettel is uh, two wins off uh, the lead, but yeah. I can't see him uh, pulling out two wins and Hamilton and Rosberg not finishing. Well, that's it. I just can't see Mr. Mercedes fucking up that bad. When yeah. they've never done that, especially in Japan, with a nice uh, long main straight there, yeah, and you can just wind that motherfucker up. Yeah. Um, I I can't see an easy overtake there, whereas I can definitely yeah. see Mercedes having no trouble defending and certainly threatening the hell out of drivers in front of them. Exactly, because with those the long straight, um, Suzuki got the, all those sweeping corners as well. So mm. you got to have that fast engine, corners. the aero package. You can't have just one. You know, yep. you're not going to be able to, to be able to dominate that race like that. Yeah. And there's one circuit the drivers love. You know, it's generally that and Spa, are, they say hands down the best racing circuit for the drivers in regards to having fun. Yeah. So it's one they look forward to to race every year, and it's expected that Jensen's going to announce retirement there. Obviously, in Japan's um, uh, Honda's home home country, and also he's got a bit of affinity with Japan with his missus being half Japanese, I think, and just a you know he's one of the guys that love it. So mm. yeah, so it should be interesting in Suzuka for. For that reason, anyway, but yeah, well, that thing too with the uh constructors, Red Bull have moved up to 60 points behind Williams. Yep, uh, I think it's possible for them to catch. Yeah, I think they'll probably get them. Um, as the end of the season comes closer, Williams will stop. I think they'll be developing too much because they're down to the cash at the moment. Mm. I think they're saving up for developing next season, but also 2017, I think they'll make a big push for them. Um, so Red Bull, I think they'll get them they, over the period of a season just because they can develop a lot more than what Williams can. Yeah. But um, Williams still doing a fantastic job with what they've got. Um, shrewd investments, uh, good decision-making, and also being accountable for their mistakes, I think, has made them improve a lot. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think Red Bull will get them, and I think that's probably the way it will stay. But it kind of sets it up for an okay se- a season next year as well. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, that's uh, it, it's been an interesting setup race, and only a seven-day turnaround. Yeah. So uh, this weekend will be... It'll be interesting to see how Mercedes handle having a bitch week yeah because um, they fucked up and yep. they fucked up in every way possible really they yeah. uh, the car they put on the track wasn't uh, the one they should have yeah um, their strategy wasn't great their pit stops weren't great yeah. and of course they had a retirement and and they've been telling everyone that all their um, positive results isn't down in their engine they reckon they've got the best chassis as well and, well, they don't. and yeah, and if if they actually believe that, then that week, this weekend, has been very, very scary and a very big wake up call for their um, people back at their factory who are like, shit, like, we've always got this engine, but we just got annihilated on a track because our chassis isn't that good. Well, yeah, pace is about you know an engine, a chassis, and a driver. Yep. So if your pace sucked, and your chassis is brilliant, yeah, and you undoubtedly have the best engine, yep. you've got the wrong drivers. And yep. look, Hamilton, for all criticism, he's a top driver. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Rosberg. I don't believe he is. Yeah, I'm, I, I think he is a, a deserving driver of an F1 drive. Don't get me wrong, yeah. uh, and certainly well above the pay drivers. But yeah. deserves to be there. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's in the same category as uh, Raikkonen, Alonso, yeah. um, Vettel, 
uh, even Ricardo, even though Ricardo hasn't had the achievements that yeah, Rosberg we're, has. We're allowed that bias. Fucking oath. Um, and you know, I, I, I just don't put him. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think the only person that would is probably Nico. So, or his dad. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, probably his dad. Um, so yeah, I think he deserves to. Obviously, deserves to be an F one talented driver, but to be those real special drivers that you remember twenty years from now, probably not quite there. You might be. I mean, to say way to put it, is you probably might be considered like Weber was to Vettel in his championship years, where yeah. you're there or thereabouts, but just couldn't quite get out of the line. I couldn't maximise your opportunities. I think he'll be the other Rosberg. When people talk about, yeah, Keki Rosberg, legend of F1. Remember his son? He's, yeah. His son drove too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be like Ralph Schumacher. Yeah. Hopefully, um, Max Verstappen, they're like, Max Verstappen, good driver. Did his dad drive or something? Did he yeah. used to do something? Yeah. Um, Max Verstappen is a different generation, really. Yeah. His dad wasn't as big a name as Keki Rosberg, I'd yeah, say. Not at all. Not by um, the way. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, the fallout from that. Also, the uh, Renault engine fallout. Yep. Um, and just seeing how that develops. Yeah, because you've got also the retirements coming in, so a bit of driver movement probably. With Button, if he's is true, his retirement is imminent, and kind of believe it, then you've got the opportunity for Magnussen or Stoffel Van Dorn to come into that McLaren seat, which will be interesting. Because who do you choose there? You've promised... Um, oh, Van Dorn. Yeah, I'd choose Van Dorn as well, just because you've sat Magnussen out for a year, made him fuck all for a year, and obviously Van Dorn's dominating GP2. Yeah, but there's no loyalty in F1. Exactly. Um, and Ron has promised Magnussen a seat this he can, season. So. He can promise him all he fucking wants. Yep. Uh, promises are worth exactly the paper they're written on, yep. and sometimes not even then. Yeah, exactly. And so, especially where these drivers are the deserving talented drivers, it really sucks when mm. they get stuck on the sidelines like that. Which um, the other thing with with VW coming, if they do buy a Red Bull, one of the things that I don't mind about it is it might free Den Ricardo up from sort of the feelings of loyalty to a team. So if good race seats come available in other teams, he's not he's not going to be so reluctant to stay with um, the team he's in because it won't be Red Bull anymore. It'll be VW or what Audi, whatever they're going to call it. Mm. So I think just it could open up open up more opportunities to him in the future as well. Oh, to be honest, I would have loved to have seen him next year in the same car as Attell again. Yeah, <laughs> just to see how it would have happened because. Yep. Um, for whatever reason, he, he pants Vettel yeah. uh, last year, uh, which was great for everyone who's not a Vettel fan. Yeah. Um, but, you know, can he do it again? Exactly. Like, you don't put that as definitive. Yeah. Look, one season, it can be an anomaly. Yeah. After um, four championships as well, you know. Yeah. You can have an off season. Um, but I think Ricardo and Vettel are going to have a fantastic rivalry for many years to come. Yeah. And uh, it looks like one with respect there too. Yeah. They... They did seem to get along pretty well on the podium. Like there was yep. a bit of uh, still competition. You can see yeah. Ricardo had to transition from his race mentality to yeah. his uh, smiling assassin mentality. But yeah. when he got out of the car, you could see he was like, "Fuck, so yeah. close!" Yep. And then he was like, "All right, yeah, no, okay, Seb, yep. you got me, you prick." Um, <laughs> and they were kind of joking around, and I think. Um, Vettel punched him a couple of times in the arm jokingly yeah and it was like once he's like yeah yeah twice yeah yeah and the third one he's like alright that's enough now said but <laughs> listen up mate <laughs> shit's about to go down yeah so that's about all I had from there yeah but look, um, so moving on to Japan yeah um, it's going to be exactly what you expect from Japan a high high speed race yep um, you're going to see a lot of uh, overtake on the main straight for the Mercedes cars yeah um, you're going to see lots of super fans Oh, the crowd is almost worth the price of admission. Yeah. It's like, if you've got anything to do with F1, you've probably got a super fan in Japan. It's fucking crazy. You could be like David Croft to have a super fan. There'd be someone there who's just, that he loves David Croft. No. his name, Croft, yeah. Um, So, yeah, the 
Japanese love their F1, love getting out to, to watch it. be interesting to see Honda going to be on the spotlight. And the thing with Honda at the moment is that they've been refusing to do English interviews. They've only been doing it for the Japanese mm. press because obviously they've been getting the fucking cane in the press. Here, they can't hide from them. Yeah, it's their home race. Yeah. There's no rock to hide under. You can't escape it. It's going to be interesting to see them really under the spotlight and getting grilled and what, they, what answers they have for it. Yeah. And another interesting thing is, see, which corner do you think Maldonado is going to crash out on? Uh Pit entrance, pit exit. He'll <laughs> <laughs> crash on the way in, entrance gate. <laughs> oh, probably. Uh, I, I don't see him finishing this race, to be honest. Um, I think it's a little too technical, and especially coming into uh, one and two off yep. the line, I can certainly see him trying to hold a position that he doesn't have. Yep, and he'll be full of confidence knowing that he's got enough season under his belt now. He's just signed up for a year, so. Yeah, so I, I don't think he'll finish again for the rest of the year. No, no. I don't think he'll care either, to be honest. Well, no, he's not known for his. Uh, Fuck's given. And, I mean, you have to think for PDVSA, is it really a good investment for them? Because he's not, he's, not, he's not putting a uh, good sort of reputation out there for your name. So, Well, he's only scored the points twice this season. I think he's only finished four times. Yeah. Um, um, one, two. Uh, yeah, he only yeah. scored in um, yep. Canada and... Um, oh, what was it? Canada and... Austria. Austria. Yeah. No, speaking of Austria, Dietrich Mateschitz has bought another circuit in Austria. Oh, yeah. So he's got the a- Red Bull A1 ring, and he just bought this thing's called Salzburg or, or something like that. But he said it's bought it for um, privately. It's not through the Red Bull company because he couldn't expect his business partners to fork out money for another circuit or something. <laughs> also, also, just having your own circuit is pretty fucking cool. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'd, if I had the money, I'd do the same thing. Do you reckon he takes some of the RBRs for a spin? I don't know why he wouldn't just tell Adrian to build a car, not for F1, just build the fucking sickest race car you can build. No, no doesn't matter how much it costs, doesn't matter what, te- what technology you put in there, blank canvas, go nuts, and I'll take it for a test drive around my track. <laughs> if, I, if I was Dietrich, that is the very first thing I would be doing. Well, maybe it's happened. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, yeah, look, uh, the other good thing is, too, being in Australia, this the J- Japanese Grand Prix isn't at a stupid time. Yeah, that's right. It's not it, getting up at 4 a.m. quite reason, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's 8 p.m., yeah. um, which is, you know, going to be great. Yep. But uh, being a, it's a fairly technical track. Yeah. Um, obviously, the the first sector got a few squiggles. Yeah. Um, most of them being fairly high speed. Yeah. Uh, it's only really turn eleven that's the hairpin. Yep. And even that, it's tight initially, but it opens up quite yeah. uh, quite quickly. So yep. once you take that corner, as soon as you get past ninety degrees, you can pretty much floor it, and they just go in the sweepers. Yep. Um. And because it's an aggressive track with the way you got to um, take the fast speed corners, then you'll send to see a fair few mistakes as well. There's a bit of action there. If you remember, was it last season? Mm. I think it was last season when Raikkonen sort of came off um, on the straight. Something happened. He's got off line. He's hit a bit of grass and then just lost it. Ended yeah. up coming right across the track and almost taking out pretty much the, <laughs> the entire people in front of him. Mm. So, yeah, there's some variables like that in regards to driving because... To win, you've got to be on the limit around those corners. And mm. to stay on the limit, do a perfect race like that is very tough. So it's either mistakes, sort of limiting the mistakes you make, or, I don't know, cheating. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other tricky one is uh, turn 16, 17, just yep. before the DRS detection. Yep. Um, because that's a pretty hard right-left. Yeah. And then you're on to turn 18 and the main straight where the yeah. DRS is. So getting that corner right, if you're the chase car, is so important. Because yeah. if you can get right up on the gearbox of them and yep. then floor it, uh, you're in business. But yep. um, that's where Red Bull are going to have to try and set up a pass. Yeah. Because if they can get a DRS and then make the pass in yeah. sixteen seventeen, 
they've got the DRS activation to extend that lead. Yeah. Um, but I still think the Renault is going to be too underpowered yep. to consolidate. I think even with DRS open, uh, the Mercedes factory team will breeze right by him. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, like you said, if they are following the Mercedes-powered cars in front of them, they need to stick close in the turn 16, 17 because they're going to lose out on the straights. But yeah, they've got to stay, they stay close enough to them so they can go follow them through all the twisty-windy bits yeah. um, that are after the main straights. So that's the place where they're going to make up time on the Mercedes cars. But to do that, they've got to be right up the clacker down the straight. Otherwise, they just get too far away. Yeah, and obviously, with uh, one and two both being right-handers, um, the dive bomb on the inside is going to be the number one move. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but also... Can we, the... we call that the Kobayashi? Yeah, or the yeah, or Sato or something like that. Or even the... I don't know, actually, no, I won't call that. Um, <laughs> but um, I, the red... I think the outside pass... Yeah. I, I think, think, I think it's Red not Bull. Gonna... Could, I think Red Bull could do it with the arrow. Yes, but that's it. I think that'll be the only move. And I think it's going to be one where they might threaten it a bit more than actually use it. Yeah, so I, I think can, it's a good see, setup move. Yeah, yeah. I can see Ricardo, if he has passing opportunities, trying to do the outside move a couple of times yeah. before he tries the up the middle. Yeah, you just bluff it a couple of times around the outside because the driver in front of you have to be thinking. Like, he knows if he's got the arrow to be able to stick around that corner from the practices and everything else. Mm. If he has got it, that's very dangerous and you have to cover that off. Yeah, but again... And that sets up the dive. You have to do it early because yeah. the outside passes, once there's marbling, won't work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in the first probably 15 to 20 laps, it's an option. Yep. Um, leading into the first pit stop. But yeah. um, once that first pit stop's done, yeah. you, you can't. Um, if yeah. he uh, tries an undercut, then he's got great... Like if you've got the, the fresher tyre or whatever, yeah. um, or if he... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It goes longer on the first stint, has fresh tires coming up later. Yeah. Then, yeah, it's an option. But after yeah. that, no, you got nothing. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And it'd be interesting to see how Mercedes respond this weekend because even though Lewis's car had that failure and it wasn't really a serious problem, just a um, freak, uh, freak event, so they said, um, he wasn't doing good before that problem anyway. And Nico didn't have a problem and he was nowhere, all race. So it's got to be concerning for them. And be interesting to see what they've done to analyze what went wrong and how they're going to rectify it for this weekend. Just adds a little bit of excitement to this race. So something different that we haven't seen for a while is Mercedes under a bit of pressure for yeah. a change. Not real pressure, it's just perceived pressure because they've made one mistake. But yeah. still, let's put it on them, see what happens. Yeah, put them under the torch. Yeah. All right, what's your prediction? My prediction is, shit, past the crashes. Um, Ricardo gets fourth. And winner, I reckon, will be Vettel. Yeah, I, I actually think uh, Pastor will crash. Uh, I think um, Rosberg will as well. Yep. And my podium would be uh, Bottas, Vettel, Hamilton. Yep. Uh, that sounds reasonable. Yep. Cool. Yeah. All right. Job done. Um, we'll catch you next week. Yep. All right. See you later. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.